0: Hi guys and welcome to another episode. My name is Amina and thank you guys so much for being here. So for today's episode, we have another special guest who is doing some really amazing things in her community. A lot of it you've probably seen on Instagram. We're constantly trying to share all of these different nonprofit organizations and just other businesses on our platform. So I am super excited to have my friend Sanela here. She is the founder and president of Helping Hearts of Bosnia and Herzegovina. And she's based in Chicago, but she's originally from Mostar. So we did a feature article on our website um, over, I think it was in the fall. So you may have already heard a little bit more about her story. Uh, It's really inspiring, doing a lot of super cool things, not only here in the United States, but also back home and expanding into other regions as well. So super excited to have you here, Samila, And just to kind of get started, I usually have everyone just do an intro, talking about themselves and what you do during the day, also the organization, and just anything else
1: that you'd like our listeners to know. Hey, Amina! So good to see you today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor. Thank you. Hi, everyone else. Um, so I'm Sanella. I'm the founder of uh, a wonderful nonprofit here, based in Chicago, called Helping Hearts of Bosnia and Herzegovina. And originally, I am from the most beautiful city in the world, Mostar. Um, I moved to the U.S. in '99, and um, like most of us did during the war and ever since i've been you know in the u.s um and to school eight to five i'm working at the dental office as a dental hygienist and i love my job and the nonprofit is something that i do on the side which is like pretty much 24 7 especially now with the covid 19 and i also did lose my job temporarily and i think it was kind of like a perfect timing for me because Ramadan came around and this is like the time when I'm the most busy with the nonprofit. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of time to focus on my charity work here in the States but also in Bosnia and I'm so proud to say that this was like our most successful Ramadan ever. Um, we've reached families in four continents this time. Um, Bosnia, the US, we've helped families in Yemen, in Jordan, in Lebanon, and Syria, in Somalia, in uh, Yemen, did I mention that? Palestine. So yeah, I'm I'm just so proud of of my team. I mean that's awesome. Like not only taking it
0: from one city and one country even and taking it abroad and it doesn't matter you know what your nationality is or where you come from there's always someone that needs to be helped so i think that's really awesome and could you tell us a little bit more just about how you started the organization
1: you know charity was something that i have a feeling i've done my whole life um just seeing my parents back home in Mostar, they're always these you know couple families in the neighborhood that I always needed some type of help, and just seeing my parents helping them, uh, getting some groceries for them, um, going back to school, there was always one or two students that didn't have the means to get the supplies. So my mom would go out get the supplies, school supplies for myself, my sister, and then also for the you know the couple of my friends um, in class. So just going up like that, you know, I always had this. You know, I was so eager and um, passionate about helping others. So when the floodings happened in 2014 in Bosnia, this is when I kind of started this Helping Hearts of Bosnia um, story. In May of 2014, the flood happened, and everyone that I know in Chicago was trying to help in some way. They're collecting money and, and sending to Bosnia. And I've been going back to Bosnia for the past 10 years, ever since I graduated. I go every single year, sometimes more than once a year. It just depends. Um, so that year, I decided to go in May. And then the floods happened. And for me, it was kind of like a perfect timing because I didn't want to just take the donations in. I really wanted to go myself to visit some of those affected cities. So. I found um, a family in Maglai, through a cousin of mine, and I went to visit them. So this was only like a couple of weeks of me collecting funds, and I collected like a two thousand dollars, I think it was. And I uh, flew to Sarajevo, and I usually stay five six days with my family in Sarajevo, and then I go to Mostar. So I asked a friend of mine who lives in Sarajevo to drive me to life and we were on the way to life and because all of this was still happening the rain it was still raining but it wasn't as heavily um, we came like halfway and we just decided to go back because we probably could have made it to life but I don't think we would have been able to come back that evening and he took his work van and he needed to be back at work the next morning so we decided go back to Sarajevo and I was so sad about it I was like oh my god I don't even know if I'm going to be able to make it and we were watching the news the weather for like a couple days and then when we felt that it was safe for us to go back we went back to Maglai Alhamdulillah we made it and we met with the family and this family was going through so much at the time Um, her husband was sick he needed a liver transplant and they lost the business due to the flooding and they had two little boys i mean it was just everything kind of like at once and they really needed the money so we stayed with the family for like five hours i think and just like our Bosnian hospitality even though they've been going through so much the lady she still managed to cook and bake and you know how it is it's like you're not going to go home till you have lunch have dinner eat and drink so we ended up staying a little longer um and went back to Sarajevo I stayed in in Bosnia for four weeks and the whole time I was thinking of you know what I saw in life. it was really bad um on my way back to Chicago I knew this was not just this one time thing that I was gonna do I felt there's so much need and I really need to do something about it and when i was collecting those funds before i went to bosnia i could see that people were actually so eager to help and everybody was so supportive of of my project so i decided on the plane um to name my facebook group helping hearts of bosnia and that's pretty much how everything started i went back home I started inviting my friends and family, and they invited their friends and family into the groups. And then I just started brainstorming about different types of projects. And at the same time, I knew in order to do what I really want to do successfully, I need to reach out to other charity organizations because I always say, this is not something about me. This is about people. I want to help them, and the only way that I can do that and reach as many families as possible is just getting to know other charity organizations. You know, seeing what they do and how we can collab and help more families in need. So I reached out to Pomoziba. I'm sure everybody's familiar with them in Sarajevo, and also what pomochi in Mostar, and ever since we've been doing a lot of projects together and they're making my job so much easier because obviously I'm not physically in Mostad at all times and I do get requests all the time from families in Bosnia. And unfortunately, there's so much scam that every single request that I get, it has to be verified, you know, by them. In, in Bosnia and they're making it so much easier for me because I wouldn't be really able to do any of this and I trust them. So if the families, let's say, didn't reach out to them, and most of the time they did because those are the local charity organizations that they go to first before they get to me, um then they'll tell me, yes, this family really needs help or forget about it. This is not um, a family, they're just you know, unfortunately, they're using this situation to get um, to some money, extra money. It's kind of like a, to some, I would say it's a part time job, but there's a lot of people that are actually using and abusing and it's kind of like a full time job for them. Yeah, that's interesting. And there's a lot that you
0: said just now about obviously how this started is something where it was not really planned it was just something that kind of happened and you felt like that's when you know I think a lot of times if you feel so passionate about something and it's like even when you left magla you couldn't stop thinking about the family and probably other families there if you are constantly thinking about that idea which is kind of what happened with Balkan bread I really pondered for a long time and then finally was like okay I'm gonna do this you know I can't I can't really let this go. That means that it's really important to you. And I think that's, you know, a big, a big part of just the success of it and you know, going through with it and everything like that. So that's really awesome. And it's really awesome how you're collaborating with other organizations too. And it's not just like, you know, we're the best one, like we don't wanna, you know, whatever. I mean it's it's a nonprofit. Like it really all comes down to helping people and of course there are different Things that you need to look out for. So, with all the work that you've done, do you have a favorite project or initiative that you've completed, like in the U.S. and then a favorite one, like back home,
1: or it can be pretty much anywhere else? Um, You know, all of the projects that we do, it involves obviously human beings, and I don't see them just as cases you know case one case two there is case in Boston no we actually or I actually get to know these families I want to know before I help them hey tell me a little bit about yourself you know what is it that you need what are you going through um but so I see every single project that we do as a success because we'll help someone else but maybe one of my most successful one that I can think of that I thought it would have never been possible is building a house from scratch in Mostar for a family of four in almost three months. I mean to me that was yeah so that I would say that's probably something that I always like to mention because it wasn't even real to me. Um, And I was in Bosnia that summer and I was talking to Izur Pomoci and they were telling me about their project. And they told me about the idea. They wanted to help this family. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So they didn't even ask for my help. But what I usually do is I offer to help. If I can see that this is something that I really want to do, I'll find a way to do it. Um, So this was in August. I came back end of August and December 31st the family moved into the new home. And not only did they move to a home, they actually had furniture. But I did reach out to a different um, stores in Maistar, like Fist and, and Bingo, and ask them, talk to the directors to give us some discounts so we can shop and the family can, ho- can go and move in into a home, not just an empty uh, walls. Uh, So that would be one, and then now with the COVID-19 and Ramadan, we've done, like I said, you know, reach people in in Middle East and Africa, and again, something that I didn't think it was going to be ever possible, or not that soon, Um, and with the homeless communities here, we used to visit them once a month, because having public events, it just takes a little more time to plan, and ever since. Covid nineteen um, March, middle of March, uh, I've been going out with my husband. We don't have any obviously community events, so just two of us go out twice a week instead of once a month. And now it's like twice a week. We also added uh, an extra tenth community in Chicago. So ever since we've been feeding probably up to a hundred homeless people in Chicago and helping um, refugees with groceries uh, for Rohingya families in Chicago and um, helping with refugees from Afghanistan, Syria. Again, how do I get to these people is also talking to different agencies, refugee agencies in Chicago and offering our help. So knowingly that there's a huge Rohingya community in Chicago, I reached out to the founder of the Rohingya Cultural Center and I asked, Do you guys need anything? And he was so happy. And we've helped eighty-seven families um ordered groceries, like between five and ten families every single day for the whole month of Ramadan. And my goal was to finish all the families till middle of June when we actually completed the project um the third day of of Eid. So yeah, maybe those, but like I said, every single project has a, a you know, a piece in my heart and and all these families, and it's such an honor to be part of their stories.
0: Definitely, because even if it's someone who, I mean, I'm sure there are certain people, like, with the homeless community that maybe you see, like, regularly and things like that, but maybe it's just someone that, cross paths with like once or twice and maybe i mean let's just say you don't really remember it because you're obviously meeting all these people but you never know like your action and like your words like people are going to remember that and they're going to remember you so i think that's really impactful and um yeah so you made a lot of connections just in the community and kind of reaching out to people and I think when you first get started, that's kind of what you have to do, where if you see someone who's already doing it, if they're nice enough to give you advice and just kind of going with it. So once you find, I guess, um, a group or a certain family that like needs to be helped, like what's the process? Like, could you, I don't know how much you can share, but just like, how does that kind of work? Just so people know if they're ever interested
1: in like helping with an event or maybe hosting something like in their community. We've had we I mean we still have uh through another agency a storage where we store all donations for refugee families like clothes, toys, I mean anything you can think of. Because we are we're helping families that just recently arrived to Chicago, so they don't really have anything. Just like when we came from Boston when we came to the US. Um so and then the refugees would come twice a month and they would shop for free. So they can choose you know pick anything they like so that's twice a uh, twice a month and the donors would just go straight to the storage and meet someone there or they would go to the family if they choose to or sometimes we will pick up the items but now with COVID-19 everything just changed the whole game changed uh, now before I can say yes to a donor I need to know what exactly they are willing to donate because a lot of times Ninety-five percent of the times I get a message. Hey, I have stuff to donate. How do I donate? I'm like, I really don't know what you want to donate. So just guys, give us more details, sizes, gender. If you have pictures, if it's toys or car seats or anything that we need to go out and actually find a family that needs those items right away. And then when we find a family and it usually happens really quick. I mean, sometimes it happens within a minute. Sometimes it happens within two days. It just depends who needs what at the time. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's pretty, it's not as easy as before, but it's still doable. So we find a family, and then if the family has a car, then they can go pick it up. If the donor, and most of the time they're willing to go and drop it off at uh, the family um, homes, or one of us will go and pick it up. So yeah it all depends yeah no that makes sense because i know we had
0: recent i guess it was this was it this year maybe last year um so we had a family that i think they had actually been here for a while but anyway they needed help refugee family and so that was the thing like people wanted to donate like everything possible and you're like, okay, we need to find out what they actually need. And then it was a lot easier to like bring it to them and know that they were gonna use it. And it wasn't just kind of, not useless items, but you know what they actually would need and things like that. So you mentioned, yeah. um like you and your husband going and doing like the shopping and everything now twice a week. And obviously all these other donations and things, how big is your team? And like how does all of that work? Cause it's hard to do everything obviously yourself especially starting out
1: and to tell you the truth ever since march for the past almost three months i've been doing everything by myself and with my husband helping with the shopping and distribution at the homeless um 10 cities um i put all of my team on hold you know just out of safety and i don't know how someone feels about this whole situation like i don't i feel comfortable, I have a nonprofit. Uh, this is the whole point of having a nonprofit. If I'm just gonna sit home and not help people when they need me the most then I should just close down the nonprofit. Like you know what I mean? So I feel comfortable to go out, but I don't want to put anyone else's risk, life in risk. So I told them if it's something that you want to do, you want to join us sometimes at the events, anything shopping, let me know, but I'm not gonna make anyone do it. Um, but they do a lot of, you know, ordering the groceries. Uh, they help me with ordering the groceries for the refugee communities uh, in Chicago and doing the Sunday stories. Uh, we like to kind of go over the whole week just to tell our supporters what is it that we're doing. Because from day one, um, I'm sure you noticed my work has been very, very transparent. Like. Everything that we do is out there, and a hundred percent of the donations go into my projects here and overseas. so sometimes I get asked because it's a lot of work and like I, like I said, I'm actually glad that I didn't have a job for two and a half months because I was able to do all of this by myself um, so yeah, that's pretty much it but I mean, we have a big team, but right now, just because of the situation, it, everything is different, and yeah, this is all new to all of us, but we're we're making it happen. Yeah,
0: there's always, if there's a will, there's a way, that's what I always say, yeah. is yeah, that's the thing too, like you were saying, you know, if you're not going to help people during this time, what's the point of even doing this, well, that's exactly. all really that's true, but, you would be you know surprised how many people will start projects and then like how many unfinished projects or not even just organizations like oh I really want to do this thing and then they don't end up actually you know sticking to it so I think that could be another like um, interesting thing to talk about.
1: I mean I really didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea that yeah. that I was going to go out twice a week to visit these communities but the first time when we came just my husband and I alone and when I saw these communities the homeless the homeless densities, when they told me everybody's scared to come down now we're hungry we don't have food this is when I realized oh my god the need is really huge I can't wait another month and there's no reason for it it's just now myself and my husband there's not a lot of prepping time and um so yeah just going out twice a week getting the stuff that we need and going there and it's not just about dropping off the food or you know whatever supplies they need it's actually we spend time talking to them and this is why they call us family and they're so happy to see us every week and they expect us to come and they have my number not all of them obviously but They also have the main person at each tent city, like a mayor of the tent city. So they have my number and they can always shoot me a message and say, hey, this and this, you know, lost the tent last night. So we like, and when they call you a family, sometimes when I think of moving out of the city, it makes me so sad. I think of them too, I'm like, oh my God, I've been leaving all of my friends and then this new family, yeah you get attached to these people. Definitely,
0: especially when you're there and you're hearing like what they've gone through. And it's hard, I think, especially, I don't know, I think everyone has their own, I guess, opinion when it comes to like homeless people. And then you see people standing on the side of the road asking for money and just things like that. I mean, I would definitely rather just give food or, you know, something that I know they're going to consume obviously versus just giving someone like money. Cause that's a big thing here in Atlanta too. Like you see it all the time. And I'm like, no, I'd rather just buy them food. You know, that's just me. I know everyone's different. I'm very like wanting to help people and things like that. But um, that's definitely something that's. And
1: And that's good. That's something that I would recommend. Yeah. we don't give the homeless communities, we don't give them money. Uh there were two times when we went in the past what four years that someone said, Hey, I need five dollars, I need to get some advil you know. I'm not gonna say no. But yeah. To tell you the truth, they're like the nicest people. I'm telling you, they don't ask for anything. They're not greedy when we bring the food or hygiene supplies, anything tents. I don't ever see someone going, oh my God, this is all for me. I'm going to take it all. I'm not, even if it's just two people, when we arrive, it's just two of them. They're going to make sure that everything gets distributed among all of them. And it's it, it's really, it's amazing.
0: That's awesome. It's Nothing. not
1: what I think a lot of people think of them, you know, yeah. like this stereotype and this is what they once told me It's like oh you you are so nice you know you don't you talk to us you spend time with us like you don't you see us like we're people you know we're not any different than you and to me all this time I wasn't even thinking about it's like of course I'm gonna do that but then it makes you think you know how this is not how they get treated a lot of times.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, sadly enough, I think, and it's hard sometimes I do that too. people like, oh, you're so nice. And you just want to, you know, help people. And I'm like, well, yeah, I think just if that's in your character, that's just who you are. You don't really think anything about it. And then you meet people that, you know, aren't like that. And are like, oh, well, okay, now I see what people are (laughs) saying, you know, about helping and whatnot. But no, I think that's a great thing. And anytime that you volunteer, I think it just takes like volunteering, like even just one time and having some kind of experience that really just like stays in your mind. Like, and then that's when you'll start to realize like how much you can actually have an impact on somebody's life. So I think for anyone listening, you want to volunteer. I mean, obviously now it's a little bit more difficult, but I think there's still ways that you can help. And I think everyone should do it. Like me and my brother... We volunteered. Recently, it was doing for everything that happened with COVID. We were actually packing meals like for the homeless. So they had something at, um, I always call it Phillips Arena. I think they renamed it. But anyway, where our basketball team plays. And so we packed, I think um, everyone that was there over the course of that day was like, I think 1 million meals for like homeless. Oh, wow
1: which was really really
0: cool, yeah. So basically, it was just like you have a station, you have a group, you put, you know, rice, beans, whatever it might be in the pack, and then you pack up all these boxes. And it was, like, really fun because after you finish a box, they would, like, ring the bell, and someone would, like, come over and, like, dance and stuff. So was super yeah. fun. Like, just doing things like that and then having that in your memory is really important and it gives you – it makes you yeah. feel like you made a difference, you know?
1: Yeah like you said if you really want to help you'll find a way but there's also a lot of people that need this direction you know they would you know send me a message say oh how can i help how can i donate for these family and i tell them you know if it's something that you feel safe to it because not everyone does go into the tent city just those tent cities not a secret place i mean you see them they're right there in your in your neighborhoods just 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 instead of bringing, because sometimes they want to bring items to me, you know, and I'm like, it's on, the, on your way. Just drop it off. It's going to make you feel so much better. And it always really does.
0: Exactly. And from what you've said, it doesn't sound like you guys have ever had like a really bad
1: experience or anything. Never, So never, never, ever. And a lot of volunteers, when they come, they really get kind of surprised too how nice they are. Uh, one time, I had this, you know, nice bag and and a little more expensive, and one of the volunteers was like, "Oh, you don't feel you feel safe taking it." I was like, "Yeah, like I wasn't even thinking about it." Um, yeah, but they're just like I said, they're such nice people, and we really try to help them in any ways possible. Um, one one guy reached out to me from the community and he asked me that, you know, he wants his life back in track. He wants to get a job and and it's kind of like this bad timing now because almost nobody's hiring and he lost or his documents got lost and uh, stolen and obviously all the offices are closed now. So it's kind of like he wants to do something, but he can't. So we ordered uh, from Macy's a lot of like business attires, shoes. And then just talking to him, I realized he really didn't know how to apply for these jobs online. He did have a phone. I'm like, you can use your phone and you can apply because he doesn't have a car. He didn't even have a bike at the time. And just for him to walk two hours sometimes because there's a lot of people that come to 10 cities, they're looking for cheap labor. So they use the, the homeless and it's good for them. They get paid. Sometimes he told me that they would pay him like $20, $30 a day and give them some food. And, and he was happy about it because he was making his own money um, and just helping them search for jobs. And, and when he told me that he had to walk one time, like two hours to get to the job and how it would be he so helpful for him to have a bike again he didn't ask for one but just talking to him i realized oh we can get you a bike because i really saw that he really wants this change in his life um so i just asked um in the community if anyone had an extra bike and luckily we did find a donor and the donor came himself to um to get the bike. To, to Russell that's his name and he was so happy and so thankful and, and just yeah just like you would help a friend that's what we do with these communities. I love that I think
0: that's an awesome story and it shows that it's not the type of person who is just sitting around doing nothing you know complaining like they really want to make a change mm-hmm. but it's hard when you don't have those resources or That help, or just that one person to tell you something that could be like, "Oh, hey, yeah, that's what I need to go do," like that kind of thing. Sometimes you need that. So, with starting the nonprofit and everything, what advice would you have for any of our listeners who are maybe interested in starting an organization, or
1: just interested in starting like anything in general? It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It really is. If you want this to be successful if you want the trust from your community? Because without my supporters, I wouldn't be able to do none of this. So it takes a lot of work. And it has to be a passion to help others. You have to love to work with people. Because if you're not a people person, it's not going to work out because you're going to be talking to so many people. Different types of people, and don't do it. I don't, I mean, with a nonprofit, I don't know if anyone goes into a non like a charity organization to become famous, or I don't know, but do it for the right reasons. And just know if you want this to be as successful, if you want to help as many people as possible, you gotta love what you do, and just be ready for the work. And if you're just thinking of doing a couple projects a year, then you don't really need a nonprofit. You can just do it on your own and save the money because it involves money to open a nonprofit, a lot of paperwork. You need to find a good lawyer. I'm so happy that we had a Bosnian lawyer, his name is Amir, in the community here in Chicago, and he was more than helpful and happy to. Uh, walk me through the whole process I'm telling you it's a lengthy process you want to make sure it's all legally correct and you don't want to make any mistakes there but to me it's, it's 24-7 and none of us are getting paid now um, at Helping Hearts so all of this we're just doing because we love to uh, to help people in need and yeah just know it's a lot of work that's pretty much it. But if anyone has any questions, please reach out to me. I'm more than happy to to answer any of your questions. Um, I like to share my experiences and, and hopefully to make this process of opening a nonprofit as smoothly as possible. Definitely. It does take so much work.
0: And I always say that even if it's for starting your own business, um, you know, if your main motivation is to make money, it's just probably not going to go very well. Um, Because you're, I mean, point blank, unless I don't know what the situation would be like, you're not going to make much at all when you first start out. So you have to really, you have to have that desire. And it has to be something that you really care about, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep you going through it, because things will happen. And it's not always, you know, perfect, or you might see, oh, like this happens to me all the time. It's like people, you know, see the Instagram, they see whatever we're doing and they're like, you're doing such great work and this is so awesome. And sometimes I'll be having days where I'm just kind of sitting thinking, you know, oh, I don't know, like things aren't going so well. Or you just have these kind of thoughts. Like you're almost like, I'm not progressing as quickly as I want to or things like that. And then you'll get this message from someone that's like, hey, I just found the podcast or hey, I just read, you know, this thing about it. And People are just so nice and seeing those messages and reading them, then you're like, oh, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Remind yourself, because if you don't, then it's just, it's not going to turn into what you want it to turn into. So that's something I always have to do.
1: (laughs) Well, definitely. Just like you said, um, getting those messages from families, like for example, now the families that we've helped the Ramadan in, in Basnia, in Busovacca, there are kids with one parent or they lost both of their parents. And just to see this joy, even just looking at these text, reading the text messages and, and telling me, oh, we purchased this. And my ch- children were so crying because they cannot, they, they don't understand that someone out there who doesn't even know them cares about them. And th- this is why It kind of makes you keep going. And there is days, you know, that I'm like, Oh my God, why do I need this in my life? It's you know, but no, you always go back and say this is why I'm doing this and it's such an honor for me that I was chosen one to do it and it's such a blessing and it is a huge responsibility, especially when you're dealing with other people's money and they're trusting you, all of all of these organizations, they're donating to you for the causes that you're doing. And this is why I put So much work into finding families, and I want to make sure that the money that they donate goes into the right hands. And obviously, now the time is very
0: uncertain, and it's kind of hard. You have to think outside the box sometimes when it comes to, you know, expanding or what's next. And even with doing things like photo shoots, have been different now. I can't really. I mean, now maybe I could call some people and they would be open to doing it. But when this first started happening, it's like you have to think of okay what photos am i going to post or how am i going to do this like changes everything but what kind of plans do you have for the future like for the organization you know whether that's expanding to different cities and i know you've done projects like in other states before like with um other like team members and things like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have like something laid out or just kind of a vision for what it would turn into
1: I really don't have um, the five-year goal. Um, like I said, I just want to, my my goal, obviously, is to help as many p- families as possible. And with every year, we're doing more projects, we're reaching more families, we're doing different types of projects. Uh, like opening up a free dental clinic in Bosnia. This was something that I was doing for the past four years For just have people, community come in and do free dental services. And and just like, I'm brainstorming every single day, thinking of ways to help. And we don't only help one category. Like we don't only work with students or with homeless or with refugees. We will have all kinds of requests. And if I see we have the means, obviously, we need the financial support, then I'll I'll go for it. And I'm more than happy to work with other charity organizations to be able to do um, more projects and and just to expand more. But I'm not, it's not my dream to be this, you know, big organization. Like, I want to keep doing it the way I'm doing it. I want to make sure that hundred percent of donations go to the families because when you grow when you're bigger then obviously you get more money and then you're not going to be able to use all the donations that you get for the for the projects um just like you know some organizations they're big business companies charity organizations where maybe like a dollar your dollar goes to the families maybe like a cent or a dime and right now that's not that's not my um, my goal I think I hope I can continue doing it this way for I don't know how much how much longer but I'm I'm really um, looking for more ways to help to help families um, here and of course overseas and now adding Africa and Middle East on the plate Um, this Ramadan this was something that I wasn't even again I wasn't thinking that it was going to be possible or I wasn't even I didn't even have this plan when I started the Ramadan project it wasn't even there things just happen like one day I'm just thinking and then the projects just keep keep coming keep evolving and I think it's
0: okay not to have a five year plan. I definitely don't mm-hmm. really have one either. Yeah. And people will, I know when I first started, I had a couple people approach me and ask, you know, hey, are you looking for people who like to invest in your company or is this something you'd be interested in? And I was just starting out. I don't think I even had the official website at that point. And I already had people like asking, which I thought was crazy. I was like, there's no way. But when it's something that you came up with on your own, you're not going to want to give it away so easily. Not to say that you're giving it away. Yeah. That you're, you know, if you want to expand and do this big corporate, which is totally fine. Like, if that's what you want to do, then great. But for me, you already put so much work into it. And it's like, why? Like, you know, like, I don't want to give that to someone else. I just want to know that I'm having an impact. On people's lives with what I'm doing, so
1: exactly. And this is this is this is my, the goal, you know, that I have. And expanding into different cities, we did a project in, in Philadelphia with one of my team members, Armin, who lives there. And then we have Mary in New Jersey, and then the rest of us are here in Chicago. And then one is in Sarajevo. Um, I'm always looking for people who wants to get involved. Obviously, and if anyone out there, you know living in St. Louis or you know Florida or California, if anyone wants to do uh, a fundraiser or an event, just let me know I'm more than open. I can't obviously be physically present in all of them, but I'm open, I'm open to do that. Like why not? We've helped this homeless community in Philadelphia, and it was a great success, but we really need people who have the time. Organize to plan again, like I said in the beginning, it's a lot of work. And sometimes people will be, you know, reaching out to me and it's like, oh, I want to do this, and how how do you how can I get involved? And I don't I feel like it's it is a lot of work, but to be when you do something that you want to do and you like to do, and you will find the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times they kind of back, cause like oh, I don't know if I really have the time to do it. And this is why whoever wants to get involved, they really, no one, I'm not going to force anyone to do it. Everyone needs to come in and and do it because this is something that they they feel passionate about.
0: Yeah, you have to make the time for it. And that's the thing that stops a lot of people. It's like they don't see this like concrete vision or they don't really know how it's going to work out and like oh I could do that but yeah I don't know like I'm just gonna like pick the easy way out and like not do anything about it which I feel like you're just kind of missing out on you know something like really cool that could you know I'm not saying that it's gonna have a great you know impact on your life but it could and you don't know until you actually try and do it and see what happens with it so I think people might get like That's the same thing with business. It's like if you don't want to put in the work and all, you have to have a certain level of like self discipline with this and know that okay, hey, this is what I need to get done. This is
1: what I'm doing.
0: And overall, if you have that going into it, it's going to be so much easier for you to actually get everything done. So,
1: yeah, definitely, you have to be able to manage your time, to organize your time, to have the the self discipline. And which I think I was totally lacking this whole less three months because i was doing around the clock i was working around the clock because there was so much to do but also you really have to have if you're married you have to have a partner who's going to support this 100 percent because otherwise it, it's not going to work it's, it's, it's stressful
0: mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah literally same that's what um i had my friend indira was on the episode and she's a little bit older, but she's like, I had to have the support, like, from my spouse, or else this just wouldn't. It would have kind of crumbled away, and that's true. Like, if you're starting anything that's kind of uncertain, you want to have this support system, and even if it's just like one or two people, like, that's kind of all you need sometimes, just to encourage you,
1: and it just makes it a lot oh, yeah. more worthwhile. So yeah, and this is why I'm so blessed and so happy that my husband. Ever since I met him he became a part of Helping Hearts. And, you know, if he ever dares to complain, I just tell him, hey, you knew what I was doing from day one. It was not a secret. But it's really good that he doesn't take it personal because I really, this whole, I'm telling you, this whole Ramadan, we just didn't have a lot of time for ourselves because we were so busy doing this work. And, And if he was someone who didn't understand that, we would have a lot of problems at home.
0: Yes, I believe that. I believe that. No, for sure. And that's the thing. You have to have people that are supportive mm-hmm. in order to make it work too. So I will have all of your like contact information and everything in the show notes. But if you want to just say where people can find you
1: and get connected with you. So we do have a website. It's helpingheartsofbeha.org or .com. Someone did uh, reach out to me asking me if if it's the same. We do all both of them. Um, Also, if you'd like to donate, you can do it via our website or Zelle, QuickPay, PayPal, Venmo. Um, If you want to write a a check, just write me. Shoot me a message, and I'll give you the address. Um, I just had, when I came back from, I was a week. I was gone. I was at my parents for Eid. And I came home and I had all these checks waiting for me at home. Of course, this is all for, you know, donations, but it's nice. So if if you think you don't have PayPal, or you don't want to use online, you don't want to send payments online, because there's a lot of people that don't trust um, to enter their credit card information online, then you can always send us a check. You can always write up a check. And a website obviously has a lot of info about us how our story how we started there's some pictures of our events but as far as day by day what we do events it's mostly on social media on instagram and facebook at helping hearts of bih awesome this is where you get all the updates yeah there's so much content on
0: there you guys are constantly posting stuff when you're getting donations and when you're going out into the community so it's a really nice thing to follow especially when i don't know i have so many people I follow on Instagram. I should probably unfollow some people because just like bez like I don't, you know, just like all like influencers or you know just random stuff. So it's nice whenever you have content that pops up that's like, oh, this is cool. This is inspiring. Good making, you
1: know. Same.
0: Something good to follow. So, well, those are all of the questions. Um, thank you so much for being on the episode. Thank you for inviting me. Like I said, I will have all of our information in the description for the podcast. And if anyone is interested in being featured on an upcoming episode, definitely send an email to us. It's just hello at balkanbread.com. And yeah, I think that's everything. Thank you guys again for listening and we'll talk to you in the next episode.